Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in Second Peter. Now we read uh, chapter 1 of Second Peter, and at the end of that chapter, Peter reminds us that all Scripture is from God, is from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to read these last couple of verses just to remind us. But understand this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter or comes from one's own personal or special interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So all of God's word and all the prophecy and everything we have, it comes from God. It may come through men, but it comes from God. So that's the end of the first chapter now. We are ready to read Second Peter chapter 2, and I am reading from the Amplified Bible. And Peter's going to continue on from that thought into this. He says, But in those days, and he's talking about in the past when, you know, God, um, you know, all, uh, <laughs> where God's prophecies came through, through people. But in those days, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will subtly, subtly, you know, they will sneakily introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. So, we have to be aware of this. This is something that Paul teaches about, and there's just a lot of this that can happen that goes on, okay? So, I'm going to continue on, and then we'll maybe do a little, a little talk about this. So, uh, Verse 2, many will follow their shameful ways, and because of them the way of truth will be maligned. And in their greed they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine. Their sentence of condemnation which God has decreed from a time long ago is not idle, but is still in force. And their destruction and deepening mystery is not asleep, but is on its way. So, you notice that they're going to, these false prophets, these false teachers, they will, you know, they will introduce destructive heresies, they will even deny Jesus, and in some, some faiths, in some religions, they do deny Jesus. They, they um, follow shameful ways, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned in their greed. They will exploit you. They will make money off of you. And they will use false arguments and twisted doctrine. You know, their sentence of condemnation, you know, which God has decreed, is not idle. They will, you know, they will have to answer and they will be judged for their false teaching and for all of this. Um, let's continue on. For if God did not even spare angels that sinned, but threw them into hell, and sent them to pits of gloom, to be kept there for judgment, and if he did not spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought the judgment of a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, 
having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. And if he rescued righteous Lot, who was tormented by the immoral conduct of unprincipled and ungodly men, for that just man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by what he saw and heard of their lawless acts. Then, in light of the fact that all this is true, be sure that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the corrupt passions of the sin, nature, and despise authority. Here we're talking again about people knowingly even doing wrong and knowingly being against God, whereas before we're talking about false teachers and false preachers, um, false uh, prophets, they knew they knew they were wrong and they're deceiving other people and leading them down wrong paths and and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something which you can kinda take as a humorous thing and you can take it as a human custom if you want but Paul strongly opposed circumcision and and food ritualistic food laws and he he tried his best to teach that to all those congregations and make sure that they understood that those things were not necessary. Yet, even today, it's almost a presumptive um, tradition that Christian people in this country are, in the U.S., are uh, routinely circumcised. And I, I believe it all leads back to... to the false teaching from those people. I believe that that still ended up being accepted by a number of people and then over time that false teaching just kind of took over. And it's just kind of an accepted routine thing. Kind of a like again say a tradition. But it's not necessary. We shouldn't be doing that. There's no reason to do that. I'm just saying there isn't. I mean if you if it's different if you choose to do that yourself. But choosing to do that to another out of a false sense of that's the right godly thing to do it's not that false teaching that Paul taught against unfortunately still took hold and is still alive today some people believe they have to do that if you don't read and study your Bible you don't realize you're not that you don't have to do that you don't need to do that so just throwing that out there as one example there are other examples if you of, of false teachings working its way into congregations and into um, the uh, you know the kind of the psyche of the Christian society where they get certain ideas uh, from these false teachers that are wrong and and it's come down over the centuries it's, that's just one little example there are, I'm sure there are others but that's one that I could immediately think of that is still being followed today largely I'm not saying everybody so I'm not trying to say that we all are all doing that 100% but I'm saying that's still a big practice being followed here and, and a lot of people think they have to do it or they're supposed to and that's not true so just mentioning that it seems like that the false teachers sometimes the false doctrine it's hard to get rid of. Once people get a hold of it and believe it, it's hard to get rid of. So, Peter again 
just as Paul taught about it, he's teaching about it, and he's trying to, you know, trying to get us to watch out for them. He's also warning that if you are one of these people, you know, God did not spare the angels that sinned. He threw them into hell and sent them to pits of gloom to be kept there for judgment. So if he did that with them, you know, he's not going to let false teachings and, and false prophecies, he's not going to let us get away with that. So we want to make sure we're not doing that. We want to make sure we're not spreading those types of things, that we make sure that we're reading the word and sharing the word as it is, not, not adding to, not taking away from, not twisting and changing it. Because he says right here, there will be twisted doctrine, you know, false arguments and twisted doctrine. And you can find that in almost everywhere you go. Someone has been taught something that isn't really in the scriptures, but they believe it to be true or they believe it to be in the scriptures. And that's another reason why we should be making sure that we're studying the Bible for ourselves. Make sure we're reading and understanding what we're studying. There's a lot of different versions of the Bible now that will make things a lot clearer. Uh, <clears throat> I like the Amplified Version, but there are other versions. There's even an easy-to-read version of the Bible, and it does not try to do a word-for-word -word type of interpretation. It tries to interpret everything so that you will understand what you're reading, you know, in a in a good simple way so that you know it's very easy to read to sit and read and grasp what's being talked about it's nothing confusion confusing things are really clarified very well um, anyway I'm just mentioning that it is it is an option if you have trouble reading if you're not a good reader that's a good place to start maybe for a child that's a good place to start I don't know it's just a thought but I've looked at it myself, and, and it does express the right content uh, from what I've read. Now, I haven't read all of it yet, but, um, but it does express the right thoughts and ideas and content, but it, um, it is a lot, it's a very easy to read um, version. So it's, and it's called easy to read, and it is. So uh, just from what I've seen so far, okay, I'm not... I'm just throwing it out there. Is in there are there are versions of the Bible that are easier to read. The English Standard Version is a lot easier to read if that helps you. You know, there's no reason we shouldn't be reading and studying God's Word. You know, and applying that to our lives. That's the most important thing. Is we read it, and we understand it, and we apply it to our lives, which is what I'm, what we're really trying to be all about in this study. So, all right, so. I just ran on and on, and then we were talking about Lot and the fact that he was tormented by the immoral conduct of the unprincipled and ungodly men. For that just man, while living among them, I was past this, wasn't I? Yes, I was. I was past this. So, but anyway, let's continue. Let's continue on from there. For that just man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by what he saw and heard of their lawless acts. Then, in light of the fact that all this is true, be sure that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the corrupt passions of the sin nature and despise authority. Now, 
just a moment. I want to make sure that we express this correctly too. Notice the examples he gives. These people, Lot and Noah, were living. They were living righteous. They were staying close to God. They were believing God and following God. But they were in an unrighteous world. They were in an unsaved place. They were in an ungodly place. And that is much like the world we see today. We are the minority living in a world that largely does not believe or want to believe in God and does not want to share those morals and those values. So we are largely like Lot and Noah. We're not to that point yet where we're the only person or where we're the only family, but still, we're, we're getting there. You can see it heading that way. Um, we need to keep working against that and try to make sure that as many people as possible are saved, you know, for God. Okay, presumptuous and reckless, self-willed and arrogant, creatures despising the majesty of the Lord, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties, whereas even angels who are superior in my empower do not bring a reviling, defaming accusation against them before the Lord. But these false teachers, like unreasoning animals, mere creatures of instinct born to be captured and destroyed, reviling things they do not understand, will also perish in their own corruption. In their destroying, they will be destroyed, suffering wrong, destined for punishment, as the wages of doing wrong. They count it a delight to revel in the daytime, living luxuriously. They are stains and blemishes on mankind, reveling in their deceptions, even as they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, constantly looking for sin, enticing, and luring away unstable souls. Having hearts trained in greed, they are children of a curse, abandoning the straight road that is the right way to live. They have gone astray, they have followed the way of the false teacher, Balaam, the son of Baor who loved the reward of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his own transgression. A mute donkey spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These false teachers are springs without water and mist driven by a tempest, for whom is reserved the gloom of black darkness, for uttering arrogant words of vanity, pompous words disguised to sound scholarly or profound, but meaning nothing and containing no spiritual truth, they beguile and lure using lustful desires by sensuality those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. They promise them liberty when they themselves are the slaves of depravity, for by whatever anyone is defeated and overcome, to that person, thing, philosophy, or concept, he is continually enslaved. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world by personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, their last condition has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have personally known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to have turned back from the holy commandment verbally handed on to them. The thing spoken of in the true proverb has happened to them. The dog returns to his own vomit, and the sow is washed only to wallow again in the mire. Now that is the end of the chapter, but I want to sort of back up. He's talking. This is all about 
these false teachers. This is all in comparisons to them. Um, you know, they are presumptuous and reckless. They're self-willed and arrogant. They, you know, um, wow, it's just, you know, they, they revile angelic majesty, majesties. They, they will speak badly of things, whereas angels who are superior in mind will not bring an accusation against them to the Lord. But these false teachers, you know, they, they will say all kinds of things and do all kinds of things. They will trick and deceive people into following them and to perish in their own corruption. They will perish in their own corruption because they don't really understand. They revile things they don't understand. I mean, obviously, if you're being a false teacher, you're not really understanding. You're living for yourself selfishly. You know, they delight to revel in the daytime. You know, doing things, you know, that we would consider calling it to be, you know. Anyway, they are stains and blemishes, revealing in their deceptions even as they, reveling, I'm sorry, reveling in their deceptions even as they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery. They're constantly looking for sin, enticing and luring away unstable souls. All these things, you know, go to false teachers and, and we know we should know we should be able to tell by the word of God when someone is a false teacher when they're teaching something that isn't there now I'm not talking about someone who's good and has the right intent they're trying to teach their congregation or teach their class and they're you know and maybe they've misunderstood or they have something wrong that's different. You can correct that. That's someone of a good heart, of a good nature. But we're talking here about real false teachers who are purposefully doing it. They're doing this just to make money, just to um, live this lifestyle where they can revel in whatever they like to do. They're very adulterous and they're always looking for sin and to, to, to commit, basically. You know, they are children of a curse and they're really still enslaved to sin. But if they can, they will fool you and deceive you into following them. And the thing is, some of them, as he's speaking here, some of them, um, you know, they actually knew, you know, they actually knew the Lord. They actually knew the Lord and they escaped the pollutions of the world and then they went back to them. They actually went back to them. And thus he's talking about a dog returns to his vomit and a sow wallowing in the mire, a pig wallowing in the mud and going back. They promise them, see they promise the people who are following and listening to them, they promise them liberty when they themselves are slaves of depravity. You know, so they are continually enslaved themselves, so they really can't help others. Anyway, this is it's something we really have to watch out for. It's why we have to make sure that we judge what people are saying and promoting and teaching. We have to make sure we judge that by the Word of God and make sure that they what they're saying follows the Word of God. If it doesn't follow the Word of God, then it's wrong. If people are taking scriptures and twisting it to mean something that it obviously does not say, 
then that's wrong. That's just plainly wrong. And um, like I said, we're not talking about a case where someone is accidentally wrong or mistakenly wrong. That can happen to any of us and that can be corrected. We're talking about people who um, are purposefully teaching falsely. They are purposefully deceiving and taking advantage of others. Usually, as Paul has mentioned at times too, usually this is for greed. <clears throat> well, here Peter says it too. If you go down to verse 14, having hearts trained in greed. You know, they're doing it for their own benefit, for their own greed. And that's, you know, that's why they're doing it, to better themselves. They don't care about the people that they lead away <clears throat> because it says they entice and lure away unstable souls. They don't care about those people. They just care about the money and their lust of the flesh that they can, you know, can enjoy because they are doing this false teaching. So this whole chapter really is all about them with... Uh, you know, very little else to talk about except that there's, you know, a lot of that going on. Except that God, God does know how and does rescue the righteous, okay, from an unrighteous world. When things are crazy in this world and we know and we see people following things that we know are untrue and are wrong, you know, but it is a sad thing that all this false teaching, there's a lot of false teaching out there that has grown. Um, I'll tell you another one that's a few centuries old, the Mormon's belief in John Smith. If you look at that, that's a false prophet, a false teacher. It's plain, plain that that's what he is. And true, the same is true for Muhammad. Muhammad came in much the same way. He's before John Smith, but in much the same way. He came in the same way, in the same vein, having seen an angel and declaring things that are untrue. So, and they put him up as their, as their prophet, just like the Mormons put John Smith up as their prophet. And in both cases, those are false teachers, false teachings, those are things that are wrong. So there's more like that in the world. There's a, there's a lot of others. We could talk about other little religions that have popped up here and there with different people claiming to be the Messiah and claiming to be this or that. But I think you understand it's, it's all the same. It's, it's a lot of false teaching leading people astray and it benefits them, you know, in their lifetime. They take advantage of people and it benefits them. So, all right. That is Second Peter chapter 2. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, I pray the Lord will keep you safe and watch over you. And remember, God loves you.